What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. And we are back once again today. Wonderful, wonderful day to be here with you guys uh, once again. Uh, hope you guys had a happy, fun, and safe New Year's. Uh, we were able to get back down to sunny St. George uh, after our trip to the wonderful, wet, and rainy Pacific Northwest. It was a great time to be able to spend uh, time with family over the holidays and but it also feels good to get back uh, down to the grind of things, uh, going back through uh, this last year, our predictions, uh, what went wrong, what went right. I mean, uh, get the ball rolling started back in the end of April, 1st of May, and re- really didn't start getting going until 1st of May. So it's been a long, fun, uh, happy journey that we were able to accomplish this uh, this season. And and uh, this is, I mean, we're wrapping up bowl season right now. Uh, we'll probably do one more. Uh, where we put out some predictions, where we were right, where we were wrong. Uh, We might even do it individually by conference. Just kind of depends. Super excited, though, to be here with you guys once again today in the studio. So today, uh, we're going to go through our biggest surprises and our biggest disappointments so far uh, in the bowl season uh, to... We don't want to have a huge episode this next uh, episode when we're kind of wrapping things up. So we're going to kind of let it go through... um, Pretty much, uh, I don't know uh, if there's any games left that that I talk about being a disappointment. So I kind of got that and the biggest surprises as well uh, in the bowl season, not just this year. We're going to be going over the Ohio State-Clemson game. Obviously, a lot of controversy there. And then we'll be doing the rest of our predictions and sending uh, really this season off in style up until uh, the 13th. So this is going to cover about 10 days. Uh, currently, right now, we're, we're doing this on Friday. Oh, sorry, excuse me, Thursday. Uh, This episode will be released Friday. Cincinnati is winning 38 to six by you know just bare, almost finishing up the the fourth quarter right there finishing and then uh, Tennessee and Indiana are locked in gridlock right now with about five minutes to go zero zero in uh, their bowl game as well so uh, we'll keep you updated on that uh, throughout the game uh, throughout this podcast and uh, I mean it's going to be history but for us uh, you know with prediction wise and stuff we'll let you know all right so so far we're going to go through the we're going to start off in kind of a negative note I guess with the biggest disappointments and uh we'll have the three biggest disappointments and then an honorable mention uh that we think uh that I, you know i've thought about really mold this over uh for a team for a community for the city you know what really were the biggest disappointments so number one or number three sorry was the BYU loss 34 to 38 to Hawaii. Now, uh, I've had a lot of pushback on this uh, with family, with friends, and I told them I think that was the biggest, at least one of the top three biggest disappointments. Uh, BYU left the independent conference to broaden their horizon, right, to to be able to play on these nationally televised games. Now, their, their situation is really unique uh, for some, with, with a lot of reasons, you know, a couple of reasons why they don't want to go into conferences, Kind of crazy reasons, but anyway, uh, they they have these reasons that they don't want to get into the conference. Uh, why they left the conference, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. They, you know, well, well, the, the Mountain West at the time wasn't very competitive. Utah left, TCU left, and what really was left was was Boise State. But we see that this year they lost to two Mountain West teams. Uh, for you know, for the most part, they did beat Boise and they did beat Utah State, but. 
they are 50-50 against Mountain West teams. And and for me, that just doesn't cut it. Uh, losing to Hawaii. Now, you did have to go to Hawaii, and you did have to play them on their home turf. I mean, I know it's a bowl game. It was there, and it was the day before Christmas. Uh, Christmas Eve in Hawaii and stuff can be distracting, but Hawaii, I mean, last year got beat pretty bad to Louisiana Tech, so it's not like they're invincible at home. Uh, you know, they had a couple of balls not really go their way. Uh, I don't think I'm not ready to crown Zach Wilson as as the champion or the you know uh, who's going to come in and, and save BYU from what they are. But you know, BYU fans, you're you're a seven and five, you know, six and six maybe 8-14 and 14 regular season, and you might get a bowl game a win. You might get to 9. Probably not, though, because you're scheduling harder opponents. But by scheduling harder opponents, you're not. I mean, you did beat Tennessee, uh, and you did beat USC this year. USC doesn't particularly play well in the state of Utah. But, you know, I, I thought that was a disappointment. I thought that they needed to, to finish this off right, you know, after a loss to San Diego State, uh, really looking to bounce back, and they didn't play very well, and Hawaii got the best of them. Coming in at number two was the SMU loss to FAU. Uh, SMU at one point people were talking, you know, undefeated. Could they could they make the run? Are they going to be one of the the, the the group of five teams to to run the table against the Power Five? And I mean, they got beat up really bad. I understand again, FAU was at home uh, in Boca Raton, but you should, if you're a superior team, you should be able to go down uh, on the road and get the win. Now. Part of the reason, you know, people will say, well, you know, they weren't taking it serious. You can't tell me that you're not going to go out and compete and give it your all. Uh, if it's your last game, you know, with your brothers, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, I did not like that game. I felt bad uh, for the fans that had to go down there and travel and, and see them lose it really that bad. I mean, this this SMU program doesn't get a lot of bowl games since, you know, the death penalty was put upon them. So uh, I thought it was a really bad showing. Second biggest disappointment. And number one was the Utah loss. Uh, being a Utah fan is really hard to talk bad about my team, but that was a disgusting loss uh, for the program. I would put that loss uh, up there with the with the 2011 Colorado loss. Uh, you could even say uh, there there was an Oregon loss. I mean, you could say the Pac-12 title games were, were embarrassing losses for the program, but the the when I think it was in 2015 or 2016, they played Oregon. It was in Salt Lake. Oregon was a big time, uh, you know, team coming in, and uh, they ended up. I mean, Utah got up on them, but then they fumbled on like the one yard line. The receiver dropped it before getting in uh, off of a big play. They picked it up, scoop and scored 99 yards or something like that. I thought that was kind of an embarrassing loss as well, uh, but definitely up there. I mean, this Texas loss. There's no, there's no getting around it. I mean, 38 to 10, you cannot cut it. Yeah, Texas played well against Georgia last year, and you know maybe they fell a little bit below their station this year, and it was in Texas. You making a thousand excuses, but Utah didn't act like they wanted to be there. Uh, they were hoping for the Rose Bowl. Uh, they were hoping that they could get into the playoff. They lost to Oregon, but you know what? You got to come out and play, and that's recruiting. That that comes into a big effect. Utah doesn't lose in bowl games, so when they do, it's absolutely embarrassing. Back to back losses, uh, really a bad stain so far on uh, this organization. Love them to death. Love the University of Utah, just not uh, what I was hoping for this bowl season. And then the honorable mention, I will say Miami's loss, fourteen to zero against Louisiana Tech. I mean, I want to give kudos to. Uh, I want to give kudos to uh, Louisiana Tech for going out and playing, but 14 nothing loss Miami. I mean, you think first of uh, you know in 2000s they were the you know the bad boy Miami team. They were you know, winning national championships, doing all these kinds of things, and you know they might arguably have one of the best college football teams in in, in all of the history of college football. And 
you get embarrassed. I mean, you know, 20, 19 years later, 20 years later, you're getting embarrassed by Louisiana Tech. There's no excuse for that. Uh, congratulations to Bulldogs, though, and to FAU, to, uh, to Hawaii, and to Texas for coming out with the wins. All right, so biggest surprises. We put in number uh, three. We had Liberty's win, uh, twenty-three to sixteen. I didn't think Liberty could stop it. Uh, I didn't. I, you know, Liberty had a couple of losses or a couple of wins against FCS opponents, and then they had a couple of wins against New Mexico State. I said, you know what, your wins really aren't you know, key wins, but they went out and they balled out. They played extremely well. Uh, got their first ever bowl game victory. Uh, I, th- I had Georgia Southern in this and you know, Liberty was able to get the win. Uh, Hugh Freeze is doing an amazing do- job down there in Virginia, doing what he needs to do, getting this team playing. And, and it's great. You know, whatever happened at Ole Miss happened, he, he moved on from it and he's, you know, got another team in a bowl game, uh, looking to, to build, onto this uh this momentum that they have into 2020 uh and number two was a louisville uh 38 28 win over mississippi state i did say that they were going to win but it was a surprise i love coach scott satterfield i think he's doing an amazing thing at louisville i think you know you give him uh, a year maybe two we're going to be looking at them competing with Clemson. I really like the future of that program. I've talked a little bit about them this year, but I really like the future of that program. And uh, if you want to to flip it as well, Arizona State, also who got a win. Uh, but those programs, I, I like the coaches. I like the quarterback play. I like everything that's going forward right now with those programs. They feel like they're ascending uh, while other people are descending. So a big win for Louisville. Congratulations, Coach Scott Satterfield. And then number one, I thought the Minnesota win, uh, 31-24 over Auburn. I didn't think Minnesota was as good as what they were, you know, uh, not really. I mean, having a little bit easier of a schedule and in the big games losing. Uh, but they were able to beat Auburn. This is an Auburn team that, you know, beat Alabama. This is an Auburn team that, you know, they're gnarly. They're they're good. They're big defensively. Uh, Auburn doesn't particularly play well in bowl games, but I thought they would, they would beat Minnesota, and they did not kind of a sad uh end to the season uh, I, I thought you know Auburn you know, getting the Iron Bowl victory they'd be a little bit uh hotter coming in but they didn't they lost and the honorable mention was the win 28-27 win uh, for Oregon over Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl played extremely well so there it is now we're going to be moving on to our thoughts with the Ohio State Clemson game so I was actually in an airplane. Uh, we decided to fly out that night. Uh, I had watched a little bit of the LSU Oklahoma game. Uh, coming back from Portland, uh, you know, thanks to Delta Airlines, they had the game, you know, streaming live. I was able to watch the majority of the game. We got in on around halftime. Uh, we touched down around the the start of the fourth quarter, and then I listened to it on the radio on the car ride home. And here's what there were a few things that I was able to watch, uh, you know, and, and really pay attention to. Number one, uh, everyone, I don't want to. Number one, I don't want to copy anybody's thoughts, but this is really what I genuinely think. I've listened to a lot of people talk about this, but in the moment, this was what I was thinking. Number one, Ohio State came out guns a-blazing in that first you know, quarter. They were coming out. They wanted to prove everybody wrong, that, that they were supposed to be there, that they were the ones that uh, you know, were well, – they belonged in – that uh, area of competition after kind of uh, not really a convincing win. I mean, LSU dominated Georgia. Oh, I guess Oklahoma not so much, but uh, Clemson uh, beat down on 
I don't even know what will hit uh, Virginia. That's who it was. <laughs> Virginia in the ACC title game. And I feel like Ohio State felt like they should have been the number one seed, but they come in at number two. Or, yeah, number two. And so they threw everything out. You know, we're going to we're gonna be just like LSU. We're going to score 63. And I think that shows a little bit immaturity-wise at coaching because you threw you really put all of your cards on the table. And Clemson, not having a very tough schedule, not really being tested super bad much this year they kind of took a couple of punches uh you know they were they're wobbling ready to go down but like i always say you're number one you're the national champion until somebody dethrones you and they came back they i mean these how many kids on this team were on last year's team a ton of them so i'm thinking okay here come when's clemson going to make the move and then people say you know ohio state fans say that it was the targeting was the big momentum shift now here's the thing about momentum you don't get it for four quarters you don't get it for the entire game. If you did get it the entire game, I mean, you're playing against somebody that is well below what your capabilities are. And and personally, that's that's the fault of the Ohio State fan right now. Is that you know it gives you false hope when you play FAU, when you play Miami, Ohio, and when you play Cincinnati, despite you know them being decent competition, if you want to say Cincinnati being it, uh, but Miami, Ohio, and FAU definitely below what you guys should be playing. And when you come out and you you know you punch them you know twenty eight nothing the first quarter for FAU and you, and you you blank teams you're thinking well we can keep the momentum the entire game and that's not how it is against a good team there's big swings uh, each in each direction uh, there's plays that go your way there's plays that don't go your way and they say well that targeting call it we shouldn't have been targeting now I want to say this targeting at one point. I mean, if we remember football, I mean, it was getting ridiculous. They were hitting them. I mean, there were some brutal hits. There were a couple times I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, the ear hole hits. You, you could, I mean, they were fun to watch, I guess, on TV, but I, I could not imagine receiving one. And the concussion protocol, everything, making the game safer. We've been on this kick, right? And so, number one, the NCAA if you're not watching college football, and that, and that's probably partly the problem, is you don't watch it day in and day out. You know, every single weekend, they've been making that call. That's an easy call for a ref to make. Well, he he lowered his he- head. Well, yeah, of course. If you have a 240 pound dude flying at you and you see it, you're going to brace yourself. In car, you know, they they there's studies in car crashes that people you know brace for impact and they, you know they put their hand over their face uh, before the airbag hits and ends up punching them in the face. Of course, you're going to brace. That's just human nature. It's an instinct. You don't even. Trevor Lawrence didn't say, "I want to duck my head," so. You know, I can get a targeting call. And likewise, I don't think, you know, the defender thought I'm going to, you know, t- you know, do a targeting penalty. You know, it wasn't like a brutal ear hole, right? I'm not going to to, to hit him in the head because I don't want him out. Because then the Clemson fans would say, well, we didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Right? I don't think he he was thinking, I want to knock this quarterback out of the game. He's wanted to make the tackle. But they kicked him out, right? But good teams overcome. And they say, well, you know, our, our, it didn't go that way. Well, after that, Clemson goes, what was it, 21 to 16 run? I mean, 21 points, three touchdowns, go unanswered. And Ohio State still sitting there complaining about the call. Now, rightfully so, was it a bad call? I don't know. I'm not the judge. I've not really been well versed in 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 the the realm of referees. I don't know what was being talked about in the replay of booth. I thought it was targeting, and I thought it was an easy flag to throw. And then they say, well, it was his other review. Uh, you know, they called it, they called it a catch. He fumbled it. And 
and they picked it up and scooped and scored. And we should have got it. We lost by six, and they took six points on the board. Number one, we we don't really know what a catch is anymore, thanks to the NFL and the weird rules and the way the obscurity that you know they want to save their their the referees. They want to be like, oh no, the referees were right underneath the rule. They they want to shield them. So that's what I kind of feel what this catch thing is. And then they want to shield it. But then we have people like you know Cam Jordan, who it really was a fumble. They call him down, but it really turned out to be a fumble. So the Saints, instead of getting a scoop and score, you know, they're they're back uh, on their own yard line end. So the referees let it play out. Now, was it overreach? Probably a little bit. But when you slow things down in super slow motion, I don't think I think you see things that that you're not going to see with the naked eye. In my opinion, they should have blown the, the whistle dead. I didn't think he made a football move. And he was like, well, he took like he, like three steps with the ball. Yeah, but it was so I mean, that's it's quick, and he knocked the ball out. I mean, what's the difference between that and, and the defender fighting all the way down, uh, you know, with a on like a sideline catch? Well, eventually he rips it out. It's going to be an incomplete pass. It doesn't mean that it's a completed pass. You got to maintain possession. You got to make a move. There was no move. And so that's what I see. Was it overreach? I think it really was. Uh, I, I, I really felt like there's undisputable video evidence. You had, to, you had to stick with the call on the field. But, you know, it was an overreach. You got a bad call. But you, the thing is, you still had an opportunity to win the game. And Justin Fields throws an, a, a pick. Too many field goals. You settle for too many field goals, and you throw in a uh, throw in an interception. You had the opportunity. People were wide open. I didn't think Justin Field was elite. People were saying Heisman. I didn't think he should have been even considered for the Heisman. There were there are a lot of other quarterbacks and a lot of other players that I felt had better seasons than what he did with his play. Ohio State's offensive line is the reason why they're there. They are big old hog mollies up front. They deserve all the credit. You watch the big holes. I mean, I, I go back to look for holding. Uh, you know, we 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 remind it. And we're like, my dad's always like, well, there's always a holding on a long play. Some of those plays, there wasn't holding. They're just better. They were just better on the offensive line lining up against the defensive line. And I think that's what helped. And when it came down for him to make a play, he threw an interception. I wasn't sold on him. Give him a couple of years to mature. Obviously, Kirby Smart liked Jake Fromm better. There's a reason why why he didn't play. Why why Justin Fields sat behind from and I think that's part of the reason he needed to learn and he didn't learn what he did he took the easy way out if you want to say it that you know some people don't want to sit behind a, a guy and, and, and they just want to go out and play and he was able to play on a national stage good for him but you need to learn those things and if you're not learning them that's where the weaknesses show up your weaknesses are going to be bad and you know I think they played 10 times out of 10 I think they split at five five I really do, and that was just one for Clemson. Uh, but again, I think this this also shows why we don't need an expansion of the college football playoff. Uh, you know, the two and three game always is the best game. It's always the most fun to watch. And then you know, the one four four usually gets blown out pretty good. Now people may say, well, you need to expand it because you know maybe somebody could have been Oklahoma, maybe Oregon could have been there. Well, Oregon don't lose Arizona State. It's that simple. All right, so those are my thoughts on the Ohio State-Clemson game. I hope you guys kind of understand the gist of what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get. And this is coming from a kid who grew up in a Michigan household. So I've been, you know, I've been indoctrinated that I need to hate Ohio State. Now, I'm going to take it as an impartial third party, and that was what my thoughts were. You know, if it was my team, if it was Utah, if it was West Virginia, if it was Duke or, or you know, Michigan or, or, or Auburn or any of the teams that I follow super closely or even, you know, Weber State, SUU, FCS level. And I, and I had that. One of my teams had that go against them. Of course, I'm livid. Your fans. And 
be mad. You know, Ohio State football really, I'd say, is the best thing in Ohio. You're not looking at anything with the with the Cavs or with the Cavs. Yeah, you know, you don't got anything with the Browns or the Bengals. So really, that's all you have. Yeah, you got my sympathy, but you. But it makes sense underneath, you know, once, once you think these things through, um, you know, Ohio State brings back plenty of players. I would not be surprised if they make another run and win the Big Ten again next year. Again, we'll be getting into our uh, next season predictions on a later show. All right, so we're going to t- take a step aside, take a break. After this, we'll be giving our predictions for the rest of the bowl games. We have five left, including, I mean, Tennessee and Indiana are playing right now, but I've already said it on the last podcast. we got four more to go over, and then uh, we'll send you guys right so well send you guys off right uh this is the new year 2020 uh getting the ball rolling is turning one this year so thank you for all the support let's keep the ball rolling after the break and we are back after that little ad break thank you anchor so quick little update right now i do have indiana in this game beating the tennessee volunteers i know that a lot of people actually i believe tennessee was favored by two and a half going into this game i did take indiana so right now we are uh, we're sitting there we're 21 and 14 uh, which makes us exactly 60% uh, so far on our bull predictions. Feeling good. Started off a little bit rocky, not going to lie. Uh, it's always hard uh, to determine with people declaring for the draft, uh, with a lot of different um, scenarios, situations, right? Very, you know, it's it's hard to predict bowl games. And uh, we're sitting at 60%. Uh, you know, I, I always listen to, to, to a guy who says, you know, if you can guess 55% of the, the games, be a professional better. If you're 50, uh, you're, you're right about average. So right now we're just a little bit above average, 10% above average. Hopefully we can get the rest of these right. Uh, like I said, had a couple of uh, crazy... Uh, predictions and uh, you know a couple of them paid off that louisville mississippi state game feeling good about it all right like i said taking indiana right now it's 3-0 uh towards the end of the second quarter so we'll see what happens there uh, obviously it will be final but just letting you guys know uh we did take them uh next up uh we have the nevada against ohio this is the famous idaho potato bowl now uh Right now, Ohio is favored by eight points, which is I think is crazy because Ohio only has won six games this year. Uh, plays all right. I think Frank Solich is four and six overall uh, in bowl games. I'm going to be taking Nevada. Number one, Ohio has to travel across the country. Number two is going to be cold. Not saying Ohio isn't cold, but we've got a huge snowstorm. And uh, I think it's easier uh, to be in the West and travel and play in the snow in the West than coming uh, from the East, you know, Midwest, all the way out here. It's going to be difficult. And I'm going to be taking Nevada, you know, despite the the kind of ugly loss against UNLV at the end of the season. I'm taking Nevada. I'm taking the Wolfpack. Hopefully they don't disappoint last year i guessed uh that they would lose this year i guess that they would win hopefully uh they don't prove me wrong like they did last year uh the game after that the day i mean day after is tulane against southern miss i'm taking tulane uh, i do like the way southern miss plays i feel like they could have achieved a little bit more there are a couple games this season i had them at nine wins i believe and i was a little disappointed in in a couple of those games, but you know what? It is what it is, right? We gotta you gotta keep on you know keep on keeping on, right? But uh, I really wish that uh, they would have played a little bit better. But you know, whatever happens, happens, and you, you gotta keep keep up with it. But uh, I'm gonna be taking Tulane. I think Tulane's is a little bit better. I think they had a couple games that they lost and play super well. 
I'm going with that. That's what I'm sticking with. Feeling good about my prediction. Uh, I was really high on the green wave this year. Disappointed me a little bit, but I like them overall. Uh, the next game up, we have Miami, Ohio against Louisiana Lafayette. Now, Miami, Ohio won uh, the MAC. Super big. I think that was like their big game. And uh, I'm going to be taking uh, Louisiana and Lafayette to do it. So I'm really happy, excited uh, per se, you know, to be able to to take that prediction. I think that we'll be able to continue to, you know, expand upon that. But hey, Louisiana Lafayette, you know, lost against App State twice this year and, uh, you know, big power five uh, team. Other than that, they're going to be a good team ready for this uh, postseason play. Now the final, the big one, the national championship game, LSU versus Clemson. I'm going to be taking LSU. And uh, my dad told me he's taking Clemson. Uh, I think he, he just wanted to argue with me, but I'm taking LSU. I think you get these things in college football, these storylines, not just things. We'll, we'll be a little bit more specific. Storylines in college football. Uh, Tim Tebow, uh, you know, even uh, to, to, to to Marcus Russell, uh, Colt McCoy, Matt Liner. That you know, you don't. You're like he, they were good in their time. They had the rise. Vince Young, he was amazing during his own little era. People bought into his system. They bought into him as a player. He had the right coaches. And what happens? They win. I feel like that's with Joe Burrow. I don't know what he's going to do on the next level. You know, a lot of people are like, wow, generational talent, Tua, and, and, and all these, like Justin Herbert, they're going to be franchise changers. Joe Burrow, is, he is what he is. But right now, he's playing extremely well. I think Clemson's big win also. I always say it. You got to have a big win in this season. You got to get your, you know, like, like Weaver Stadium's Montana. Weaver, that was Weaver State's win. I knew they weren't going to be James Madison. You just knew. You didn't think that they could do it. You got to have that big win. And after the big win, it's really hard to come back and get another one. And that would be a huge turnaround for Clemson to do so. That is why I'm taking, uh, that's why I'm taking LSU to beat Clemson. Now, a lot of people tongue in cheek saying, hey, I want to take the Tigers to win. That's a really good bet. If you take the Tigers to win, you will win no matter what on any betting line. <laughs> anyway, just kind of a, a funny joke there. All right, so this has been uh, our final, uh, I guess you would say, you know, podcast about the 2019 season uh, as far as you know the games as as are going on. Uh, again, thank you for the support and the love that was shown uh, throughout these you know six or so months, seven months. Uh, it's been a fun ride. Again, the ball rolling, like I said, turns one in just a few short months. I mean, we're four months away. And then and then it's been an entire year. And we sent out, uh, you know, me and, and a few others uh, helping me with, with notes and stuff and, and research and stuff. We sent out to provide the most in-depth, right? We wanted to cover as many teams as possible. Now, that is extremely hard to do. Not through interviews, through uh, you know sourcing, calling people up, whatever it might be, we wanted to provide you your thought of your football team. 
And now, did we do a good job? Man, I feel like we did mediocre. I feel like we there's so much more that we can accomplish with this. We have the platform. I want to be able to talk about Louisiana Lafayette and Miami, Ohio more. I want to go more into depth where I can say that I know their quarterback by name. I know what he can do without just looking at notes. I want to get more into that. I'm really good across the board to remember things like that, but we got to go more in-depth. That's what we're doing. You know, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, as a University of Utah fan and a kid growing up, the only place I could hear Utah radio was in Utah. I wanted them to talk about us in California, you know, and I mean, there are plenty of you guys out there listening to this that you want to hear your team talk about. Why else would you listen to sports radio? You want to know what you know. You want to hear your team being talked about. Now, we're obviously, we've talked about things, uh, you know, Utah, BYU, obviously a lot more in the Pac-12 out west. But look, this is what we want going forward. Uh, we're going to be providing a lot more in-depth uh, coverage for sure on Boise State. Got a few uh, projects in the work there. So Boise State fans rejoice. We're going to be taking care of you uh, come fall of 2020. And we're going to continue to bring in uh, the best things uh, that, that we can do. Uh, we're learning. We're having a great time doing it. Can't wait. Uh, I mean, I can't. I guess I can't wait uh, because we still have the season. But you know, going on throughout the throughout to finish off this podcast, we have so much more to talk about. In two months, we're going to be bringing football coaches back on, talking to them about their, this upcoming season, what we think will happen, where is our predictions. We'll have a few more episodes in between there. Uh, get ready for the combine and stuff like that. So stay. Tuned. We're covering your team. Let us do it. Enjoy it. Uh, and always, like I always say, give us your feedback. Let us know where we're right, where we're wrong, right? I usually I like to admit where I'm wrong. I like to say where I missed on it. Uh, so there you go. This is this is get the ball rolling. This is what we want us to do. And let's take what we've started in 2019, transfer it into 2020, and, and so on. So thanks for all the fans. Thanks for the viewership. Continue to tell your family and friends. I hope you had an amazing holiday. Uh, you know, for those of you down there, uh, you we still have three Kings Day to go. So that's always a fun holiday uh to celebrate after that you know have a wonderful 2020 we'll continue to bring it continue to stay up to date on our uh social media sites on twitter at get get the i think i said it's get rolling 19 i believe is the twitter handle uh, on facebook our facebook page and our instagram page be sure to follow us there uh for new episodes uh especially once when we start getting these coaches back on there we need to support them uh and all that they do for us in both fcs and fps got a couple things brewing there so thank you guys one and all have a wonderful night wonderful day wonderful week until next time let's keep this ball rolling